welcome to the Orient Outlook podcast sponsored by AJF Plaster with myself, Steve Nussbaum, and my good friend, South Stan Chum, the bearded legend, the one and only, slightly hungover, I believe, no. Mr. Paul Levy. No, that's a fallacy. That's not true. I'm fine. Thank you very much indeed. Hello, everybody, and welcome back. This is episode number 197. Coming up later in this week's show, we've got a couple of games to review. Uh, we're going to go back over the week that was, in case you've missed out on anything. Uh, we've got loads of views uh, from you guys this week. Um, and I guess a first caveat to this week's show, it is Diwali today. I have a lot of Sikh and Hindu neighbours who seem to be celebrating <laughs> it uh, this evening. So uh, if you can hear fireworks in the background... Uh, that's not our loving, that, those are my neighbours. But first we're going to have a quick message from our sponsors. Yep, so AJF Plastering proudly sponsor the podcast. They are an Essex-based plastering and rendering company. They cover all aspects of domestic and commercial work. They specialise in silicone colour, render systems, and as you know by now, they offer all O's fans and O's staff 15% off. So for more information... And for the best plastering and rendering prices around, you can get in contact with these guys. There's three ways to do it. Firstly, by email uh, at ajfplastering at outlook.com. Nice little email just there, which nicely fits into the podcast. Or by visiting AJF Plastering on Facebook. Very simple. Or by visiting at Big Ads LOFC on Twitter. So three ways to get yourself 15% off. Um, and these guys are truly really good at what they do there's pictures on our timeline on Twitter um, so if you are looking to upgrade uh, renovate. your house renovate yeah. get in contact absolutely very nicely done so supporters club there's only one trip to tell you about this week and bookings can be made for our away trip to Morecambe on Saturday the 2nd of November coaches are leaving at 7.30am for a 3 o'clock kickoff. it is a long way to go so that's why it's such an early leaving time uh, this uh, the cost for this is uh, 38 pounds for adults and 35 pounds for concessions <laughs> this trip this is unbelievable this would be amazing on youtube if you could see this there's bonkers fireworks going up outside yeah, it's doing nothing for the kids that are sleeping in the area. Uh, the trip will cost you an additional three quid if you're not a member. Under 15s can travel for half price but must be with an adult. And remember, these prices don't include your match day ticket. You can book this one uh, by calling the travel line on 07722135970. So in case you missed most of that, next Saturday, uh, sorry, two weeks time, the 2nd of November, no, that's this no, sorry, Saturday, next Saturday, this coming Saturday, beg your pardon, half past seven, leaving the supporters club for a three o'clock kickoff, going to Morecambe, 38 pound adults and 35 year concessions. That is fate, we're going to win. The fact that you were speaking for that, there was loads of fireworks going yeah, on. Yeah, could be a bad omen. win for the Orient. One bit of AOB this week, and we say hello to one of Orient's newest, I think it's fair to say, and cutest fans. So a big <laughs> shout out to seven year old Darcy Ingle, who went to her second O's match yesterday after watching the O's beat Warsaw 3-1 in her first match. Uh, and we hope you enjoyed your day and we look forward to seeing you in the South Stand soon. So if you've got any little ones who've started going to Orient, give us an email or a tweet and we would love to give your little ones a shout out uh, for coming down the Orient. Absolutely. So moving on then to the week that was, Josh Coulson was named in the EFL's Team of the Weekend on Monday 
the 21st of October. It's why we call it Coulson Monday. Uh, that was in recognition of his performance against Grimsby. So well done, Josh. Yeah, and the applause didn't stop there as Dan Happy won the Quest TV vote for Skybet League Two Player of the Weekend. So a that's, massive applause. One of three. There's only three choices, yeah. and yeah, absolutely brilliant. Well done, Mr. Happy, and both Coulson and Dan scoring superb goals and keeping a clean sheet in that match. So justified, absolutely. Yeah, seven o'clock in that evening. Then the draw for the FA Cup first round took place, and we were drawn at home to Malden and Tiptree with the tie to be played on the weekend of the 9th of November with this tie being the biggest gap in league status of the round we had a tweet that came in from Baggy's House 42 that said been a nose fan for 40 odd years I live in Malden and my son plays for Malden and Tiptree's under 16s I love the FA Cup. What a dream tie for him. Unbelievable. Split loyalties. <laughs> like that when we were in the uh, FA Trophy last season, there was a guy we were playing a team. Oh, Beaconsfield. Beaconsfield, yeah. He was yeah. a director there and an Orient fan or something. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Trev T60 said, What a plum draw. Excuse the pun. As a supporter of the O's for nearly 50 years and been living in Tiptree for almost 30 years, can't wait for this game. So the FA Cup can always throw up these kind of tyres yeah. so I'm very glad for Baggy's House 42 and Trev T60 for me a pretty straightforward tyre one you'd expect to win yes. uh, and we'll be speaking about that tyre a bit shortly on we will because uh, yeah a bit, bit disappointed actually uh, to Huey Tuesday then the 22nd of October happy 18th birthday to young Orient player Brendan Shabani who is also the owner of Rising Ballers which is a uh, a, a social media account that recognises and, and picks out up-and-coming young footballers and unsigned footballers. Pretty good account, actually. Some of the stuff they do is pretty wicked. And for someone so young to be doing something that's actually so prominent, like they've got sponsors and okay. it's all... It's pretty pretty big, actually. Um, yeah, it's wicked. Good spot. Good, good spot, account. Mr yeah. Levy. So time for the main event then from Tuesday, the 22nd. Oh, God. And it's the main event. It was Plymouth Argyle away. So let's go through the teaming that was announced at six forty-five. So in goal we had Dean Brill at the back with Marvin Ekpeteta, Dan Happy, Josh Coulson, and Joe Woodison. In the midfielder Craig Clay, Dal Gorman, and Josh Wright. We're up top, Brophy, Harold, and James Dayton. We've on the bench Sam Sargent, Jamie Turley, George Marsh, Hector Kiprianu, JMD, Louis Dennis. And James Alabi. Yeah, so in his first Orient squad, Carl Fletcher named the same starting eleven who had beaten Grimsby 4-0. Miles Judd missed out for injury and Shadrach Ogi uh, was out through family reasons. Jamie Turley and Hector Kipriani were named on the bench for the first time in quite some time. Yeah, for me, no surprises. You know, if you aren't going to keep the same starting eleven after a 4-0 away win, are you ever? Yeah. But great to see Turley on the bench. I yep. mean, Turley's almost the forgotten man because it's been so long since we've seen him play. And obviously we've still got Joby to come back. It's been ages since we've seen Joby last in the FA Trophy. Mm. Same with Turley. So good to see that. So yeah, no, no surprises for me on that one. Yeah, I agree with you. Keeping the same starting eleven for me is always a good idea. We spoke about that a lot last season. Yeah. Um, Les LK52 said, new manager given a chance to Kipriano on the bench. Maybe blooding youngsters is his way. Turley also unexpected. Hope we can get him off to a flying start. Well, famous last words. So let's tell you and fill you in about what happened, although we're sure you <coughs> all know. So the match kicked off as the O's were hoping to make it four wins on the bounce in Carl Fletcher's first game in charge against the Plymouth Hard goal side who were one of the early season favourites for promotion. So let's yeah. do this then. Yeah, we'll quickly go over this one. There are no highlights really to talk about until the 14th minute as a controversy struck 
Plymouth took the lead, unfortunately. Across from the left from Cooper was headed by Sarchevich and Dean Brill saved superbly. The ball fell to Zach Rudden, who blatantly punched the ball with his hand towards goal. Dean Brill did well again to make that save, but Grant ran onto the uh, onto the follow-up and smashed it into the net. O's players were appealing for the obvious handball, which wasn't given, and Plymouth were awarded the goal to the disbelief of everyone in the ground. Absolutely. Considering there was nearly 9,000 people in that ground, the two people that can affect a game were the only two that didn't see it. Bizarre. I mean, we could go over this all night. We could do a podcast alone on this handball, but really disappointing that the ref hasn't spotted it. Um, quite a blatant handball. I think Dean Brill has actually done really well to save the initial header um, from so yeah, Savic. And then after that, however after that, it, I think yeah. most of our players are busy appealing for the handball, thinking it's going to be given. Um, and Grant smashes it in, but really disappointing. And obviously, loads of tweets coming in about that handball at the end, under your views. For you? Yeah, no, I, I agree. I mean, just when you thought that this level of ineptitude from, from officials was consigned to just the National League and some of the farcical scenes that we'd seen last season and the season before, you know, here's one blatantly. I mean, you can't get much. Right? He's punched it forwards. Like, his arm was up and the ball's moved. It's like, if the referee used a bit of logic, like, I guess that in real time... The referee sees he's probably used his head. He might not have even seen the arm go up in the referee's defence. But nonetheless, I mean, what's the what's his assistant doing? Well, that's, what, what, you got, that's what you have a linesman for. Yeah. And that's why you have a fourth official who have badly let the ref down if the yeah. ref hasn't seen it. So we went one down at this point. You're thinking, OK, don't lose your heads. You've been massively injustice. Stick together. Get through the next 10 minutes and be fine. But yeah. just three minutes later, Plymouth made it 2-0. It was a cross on the left from Cooper again. I thought Cooper, their 32, was a really, really good player. Online from Peterborough. Mm. He crossed in from the left. Uh, and Zach Rudden, also known as Maradona, we've titled him as for this one, flicked the ball on. It flew into the far corner of the net, past the stranded Dean Brill. And suddenly, from having a quiet 15 minutes within the space of three or four minutes, 2 0 down, turned it on his head, mounted to climb. 100%. And I thought, I watched it back a few times. Where was our defending? They had two players vying for that ball. Any one of two players could have knocked that in, and Dan Happy was the only one tracking. So wh- why were we all at sea? I, I don't quite, un- I don't quite get what where we've gone wrong there. We've switched off, obviously there, but yeah, uh, it is I, what it is. I've got to say, I mentioned Cooper <coughs> before. I think the quality of his delivery is really good. Yeah, and I guess just been caught short. You've just been caught short on, on defending hmm. the cross, but really disappointing. So two 0 down, and Dan Happy shot over the bar in the twenty ninth minute. But in the 35th minute, Plymouth made it 3-0 as Callum McVadzine picked up the ball just outside the box, cut into the area, had time, placed his shot past Dean Brill. As things went from bad to worse. And it's 3-0 down. What a nightmare start for Carl Fletcher in his first game. I mean, this was going to be a tough tie anyway. Back at his old club as well. Plymouth away is one of the most difficult ties you could probably have in League 2. Back at his old club, but being 3-0 down after 35 minutes, only Orient under a new manager yeah. do you know what I mean yeah. I've seen a bit of criticism from Bill not just on this goal but on the other goals I think the third goal was the only one where you could say Bill maybe put down a bit faster but it is quite a powerful shot but poor defending again too much time for me yeah. had seen in the Absolutely. box and I'm sure Carl and Ross and Danny looking at that going how has he got so much time and have analysed it yeah. but really disappointing 3-0 
job done. Yeah, the game's turned on its head, really. You know, like you say, a, a quiet 15 minutes, and all of a sudden we're 3 0 down just over half an hour played. So, not making life easy for ourselves. Like, where's our defensive shape there? Like, we just seem to like be all at sea and look like we were just sort of a group put back together again. It just doesn't seem natural but in a couple of minutes of additional time were played and Plymouth made it four in that time we all knew it was going to be one of those nights a powerful cross came in from Cooper again the danger man came in from the left uh, ball hits um, comes across goal uh, and uh, managed to hit Joe Willison on his back and trickle past uh, the outstretched Dean Brill into the bottom corner of the net to cap off arguably a horrific 45 minutes for us <laughs> you could say that yeah, yeah. terrible luck and at that point you just want to not the half-time whistle, just the full-time whistle to go and go, come on, let's just go. Especially after coming off three straight wins, everyone confident, feeling good, new manager in. And that 45 minutes have absolutely killed it. And yeah, we've been unlucky. And the handball was obviously really unlucky, but the other three goals that have followed... It's just poor from us. It's just poor. It I is, it really is. And I think you might argue, could Dean Brewer have done a bit better? Could... Coulson and Happy done a bit better or, or Marvin Joe could they have done a bit better um, but again maybe the defence aren't supporting them uh, the midfield aren't supporting the defence properly you know it's a team thing you defend from the front obviously but yeah it, it wasn't uh, it wasn't a great half um, half time to go in 4 nil at the break yeah, yeah. half time also go shortly after it's Carl Fletcher's first half of football truly one to forget that won't be forgotten for the wrong reasons though yeah. So we went in 4 0 down at the break. So the half time, well, attendance announced at half time, 8,810 for, for a Tuesday, Tuesday night, night game. Yeah. Shows you how big Man, Plymouth are yeah. in terms of their support of where they are, in terms of the country. Like if you, Location. If you're from Plymouth, yeah. you support Plymouth. You don't support like United Exeter or City or, or yeah. Liverpool or whatever. Like, do you know you what might I mean? do, but you don't go and watch them. Absolutely. So Too far. 224 Brave O's fans making that journey. And again, if you're doing that journey, you ain't working on the Tuesday. And you're probably not working on the Wednesday. That That is commitment in terms of the amount of time. Tuesday afternoon get. and Wednesday are off. Yeah, it's a day and a half. I've been down to Plymouth. It's a, It feels like a really long journey. Mish. From London, yeah, absolutely. So we came out in the second half. We made one change at half-time. Louis Dennis came on uh, to replace James Dayton. Yeah, 53rd minute, Zach Raddick called Dean Brill into action. His low shot was well saved there by Dean Brill, held the ball well. Yep, and then on the hour mark, Dan Happy had a header saved by Palmer and four minutes later, it was substitution time again. Our second sub of the evening, James Alabi came on for Matt Harold, And then fast forward to the 72nd minute, it was a final sub for us as JMD came on for Dale Gorman. So Carl making his first changes for the O's, trying to put a bit more energy, I guess, into the team, give some players some game time. 78th minute, Alabi called an effort over the bar. And in the 85th minute, JMD had a shot which was boxed by a Plymouth defender. The ball looped really high towards goal, only to hit the top of the crossbar and go out of play. So one of, that, one of those typical nights, really. Yeah, absolutely. 88 minutes on the clock then. To sum up the night perfectly, Louis Dennis done well on the right, cut into the box and shot through a number of bodies, only to see his effort hit the post. Um, again, how's your luck? The ball came out to Craig Clay, who put the ball back into the box, and James Alabi stuck out a leg from close range as the ball fizzed over the bar. Again, typical. If that was on Saturday, Alabi sticks out his leg and it flies into it goes the top in. corner. Exactly. One of those nights. So the full-time whistle finally went shortly after. It's Carl Fletcher's first game. Again, will be remembered for all the wrong reasons due to that handball as our unbeaten run comes to an abrupt end.
in a cold, horrible Tuesday night in horrible Plymouth. At the far end of the country, Carl Fletcher <laughs> said after the game, it's a shocker from the ref. I'm a little bit disappointed that the ref and the linesman didn't see, uh, see it. But these things happen. They obviously change games but we needed to be better in certain things in the first half. I think they were only two out of about 9,000 that didn't see that, and you didn't need VAR. You didn't even need a decent pair of glasses. It's disappointing that neither of them saw it, and sometimes you just have to say, I've made a mistake, which they don't do. Yeah, he finished off the interview by, by saying there's a lot of work to do, but the lads kept digging in. They were grafting away all night. It's very easy for them to drop their heads and almost sulk about it to a degree but they kept giving every frink they had. And in his official interview, I think David said, have you seen the referee? Yeah, and Carl went, no, but I'm going to have a look for him. I would have liked to have been a fly on the wall when Carl finally did catch up with the referee. I'm sure Carl kept it very clean. Uh, yeah. And very civil. Professional. Absolutely. So the league table meant that that loss, and it's so tight in the league at the moment, that loss saw us drop five places down mm. to 17. So at this point, we played 15, won five, Drawn four, lost six with a goal difference of minus three on 19 points. Last week we pulled back that goal difference to plus one and now it's gone back the we've other swapped. way. Yeah, we've gone up five three. and down five, yeah. Leaving us level with Grimsby on points, but they have a better goal difference at that point. So your views on, on Plymouth then, Mr. Yeah, Levy. I hate Plymouth. They've become <laughs> a real bogey side for us and they really are a team that we actually do need to smash several nil to uh, to get over some of the injustices that we've faced well, against I'm them. I'm glad you said that because obviously you've got uh, the Valentine's Day game where we beat them three two, which also included ball by gate. You've got Rebel Weirs sending off after about fifteen seconds. Yeah, for that challenge. That, that was a dirty was, challenge. That wasn't just a sending off. That, that was a hundred percent sending off. Yeah. And now this. And now so this. Yeah. This. Yeah. It's, so they say bad things happen in threes. There's no love lost between Orient fans and Plymouth fans. There's no. a grown resentment between the two sets of fans yeah. even though there's no geographical uh, rivalry no at it's all. not it's just circumstances in games that yeah. have led to that yeah absolutely <laughs> um, the ball boy saga yeah. three years ago as you've just said um, that said there isn't much of an excuse to be 4-0 down in the first half how we go from smashing Grimsby on Saturday to losing like this today I don't know that will all be looked at by Carl Ross and Danny, I'm sure. I can't understand why some of our fans are losing their minds over this result. We've won our last three games on the bounce, and this should be considered a blip. OK, a fairly bad blip, but that is it. It's one game in a marathon, yeah, 46 uh, games. And, and you'd think that the game that we'd play was like the last game of the season and our fate rested in it, but it, it absolutely doesn't. And the squad would have to put things right on Saturday at that point we'd only lost one in five games yeah. at that point yeah. um, which isn't a bad if you said to me you can have a block of five games you're only going to lose one I'd say yeah alright no and problem. you'd probably expect to lose that game away to Plymouth looking at those five games you go yeah. right you're going to lose one of those which one are you going to lose you probably, probably Plymouth away on a Tuesday night away yeah, absolutely um, so Yours? my views yeah. yeah I mean like I've said the game will always be remembered for the handball that wasn't like on Wednesday morning it was like one of the headlines on Sky Sports I think Sam Churchitt's tweet has had like over half a million views on the video alone do you know what I mean really? and we've seen some great goals scored by Orient this season that barely get 5,000 views that than half a million and um, a lot of the major companies picked up on it soccer AM and everyone, the betting yeah. companies and as they will because it's such a blatant handball yeah. as they will yeah. um, all, but all in all it looks like we lost our focus after the first goal and it quickly went downhill straight from there and it, it's one of those games that at least everything that could go wrong did go wrong in that match and hopefully the luck evens itself out. Do you know what I mean? I hope so. Um, 
I'm intrigued to know what Cole actually did say at half time though as a new head coach do you go in and do you commiserate the team go look bad luck there boys that should never have been given or do you go look what are you doing you're falling down at half time it's my first game you're making me look like a monk in my first week like how does he handle that does he go like real sympathetic but does he go full off the handle really interesting to know how he did and obviously we don't know that and I don't think any of us will know I don't think it's either I don't think he goes either I think he'll say stick to what we planned and how it was all set up I think he's not going to go you're mugging me off he's not going to make it if he's got if he's worth his salt he won't say look you're mugging me off in my first game Um, and by the same token he won't go hell for leather and just do the hair dryer treatment I think he'll probably be somewhere in the middle where he'll just look to reinforce some confidence in them and say, look, this is what we said we'd do. We're not doing that. We need to stick to what we plan. Because in the second half, it was nil-nil. Yeah, we but didn't I mean, concede, you, we you, didn't score. You could argue the intensity of Plymouth, though, at 4-0, is never, never going to be the yeah. same. 100%. But yeah, it'll be interesting to know. Yeah, no, well, I, I it could be a final ball. But yeah. like I've said, Plymouth are one of the teams you expect to be up there. Or thereabouts, really. Although I'm delighted they lost 4-0 yesterday. I'm 100% ecstatic <laughs> about that as well. But on their day at home, they will beat most teams in Correct. League 2 yeah. easily. Um, but it's all about, like I said, similar to you, it's all about how we bounce back on Saturday. And I thought maybe we'll see a few changes in the starting eleven based on that performance. Uh, but one thing's for certain, we need to completely get behind Carl and the boys on Saturday. Yeah. So that was how I finished. Absolutely. So lots of your views after the match, as you would expect. So thanks for all the tweets that come into us or in Outlook. And just because we read your tweets doesn't mean we agree. We try to mention as many as possible for the balance. Yeah, Boat at Boats, you said the worst performance of the season. Better second half. Plymouth are a good side and we can moan about the handball goal, but we have just gifted them the game. Fletcher has to get them back into uh, back in to work on shape and how to do the basics. Matty L.O.C. Evans says that handball was the pivotal moment seen by the ref and he is off and we have a man advantage. Hopefully, when the culprit comes to Leighton in 2020, we give him a warm welcome. Appalling he got away with it. We battled hard second half, but want to forget about and move on. Yeah, warm welcome in speech marks. Kerry Talbot 7 said a sobering return to management for Fletcher was always going to be a tough one. Ten points from the last five is a return we have all... Uh, we all have taken before Port Val. Yeah, of course, him going back there yeah. to his old, old club. Yeah. Absolutely. Great. APK underscore music review to the baptism of fire. Fletcher will need to learn quickly where it all went so badly wrong and I have faith that he will do but it might take a few games for things to settle down. Richie J. Bourne said, beaten by a cheating but better team. It's all about how the team reacts to this early big test for Fletcher to get the O's up for Saturday. Ted Talks Orient says, it's though the team have gone back in time to how we were playing a few matches ago. Defensive frailties have reared their ugly head once again. I think Carl saw a true picture of the team this evening, unfortunately. (laughs) Orient Fan TV said, seen a few people questioning Fletcher's appointment already. Come on, for goodness sake. Only been in charge of the team for one match. You'll need time to sort this team out. First goal was a blatant handball. The rest of the goals were very poor defensively. The next two games are must-wins uh, must wins versus teams below. Uh, Dan Boy underscore Clarks. A very inconsistent team. Not sure how Gorman warrants a starting place. And Dennis and Jeremy both look dangerous, giving us good movement and options when they came on. 
both have given us selection headache for Fletcher this weekend. The authentic Gaz said, "If you're blaming Fletch for tonight, you're in a twit. You are a twit. Having travelled back from Grimsby and then travelling to Plymouth, he has had very little time with his group of players. Give him a chance. It's a good point. A lot of travelling there. We've gone two very thirds of the way so. up the country to all the way down the other end of the country. Yeah. And the recovery time, which you'll hear later on in this podcast, my interview with Carl about that. You know, they've got to have a good amount of recovery time. He's probably had three hours with them in total since he's yeah. been appointed. Absolutely." Karen Orion just kept it short and sweet by saying, but J.E. lost Solihull, remember? Hashtag just He got appointed on the Thursday and the first game was Solihull on the Saturday. Absolutely. Absolutely. Owen Lang underscore said, from an Argyle fan, you guys look poor, slow defensively, which we exploited, and your keeper was very poor. Very harsh, Owen, but I do like it when other fans tweet us. I always think it's a good perspective to get. Yeah, absolutely. That's how they saw it. Yeah, absolutely. And the final word on Plymouth goes to Jagsy1979, who says, obviously, a better second half. Let's face it, couldn't have got too much worse. The worst case of a handball not given ever. But how many times have I already said this season, if you make defensive errors, then you pay for it. We won at the races today. We forget it and move on. Yeah, so that concludes Plymouth, barring the Prediction League, which we'll do now. Bukan JP, uh, kudos to you, my friend, who chose a silly scoreline. Orin underscore Ed also had a bad feeling but was correct. You both got the correct result, uh, obviously a 4-0 prediction there. So, unfortunately, well done to you two for correctly predicting that. And there's going to be a full Prediction League table roundup uh, later on at the end of the podcast. Yep, so moving on until Wednesday, the 23rd of October. Richard McFadden, lest we forget. So remember on of honour, Clapton Orient goal ace Richard McFadden, who passed away on the 23rd of October, 1916, 103 years ago, after being severely wounded by a shell blast the previous day. Once known, always know and know. Yeah, the ladies' team were in action as they faced Burgess Hill Town in the Isthmian League Cup. They won the game 14 0. Sorry, what was that? Yeah, 14 <laughs> 0. Although they did themselves a slight injustice it by did. mistakenly only putting 13 goals up. So, uh, well done uh, to the ladies. That is an absolutely staggering. I believe the team were a league below or two leagues below, something like that. But that are nonetheless, 14 goals we put past this side without reply. That's, that's a goal every four and a half minutes. That's well worked out. Yeah, I think it is. I think it's every four and a half minutes. I might be wrong. No, I think I'm slightly wrong there. Anyway, while Paul does the maths, four from Lutetia Charles, Le Marchand, as you would expect, getting a hat-trick, Eagle Trezzy getting a hat-trick, with just the one goal from Hayley B, Shaw Anderson, Ellie Stenning, and Lisa H. That's well done, six ladies. And a half minutes. Okay. Still, though, great value for money. Yeah. I think it was free to get it. Amazing. Was it really? Wow. Okay. Amazing. Well done, ladies. We well look forward done. to you marching on in that cup. Hopefully, another cup final to talk about for you ladies very soon. Absolutely. Nothing to report on Thursday, the 24th of October, so we'll fast forward to the 25th of October. Mooney Friday. Friday. So, a day of fixture announcements as the club announced firstly that our leasing.com trophy game against Brighton under 21s will now take place on Wednesday, the 6th of November, as opposed to Tuesday, the 5th of November following the advice of safety groups, including the advice from the police. So this has come about because an Ajax fan uh, tweeted saying, you know, we'd like to come along, we want to watch, we can't get into our game at Chelsea, they've been banned. Um, So Ajax are playing Chelsea in the Champions League on the Tuesday. Um, So the 2,000 fans that had booked travel and hotels and all the rest of it can't obviously now get tickets, so they're going to be in London with nothing to do. Um, And they can't now attend that. 
Um, so the club, obviously from a safety perspective, didn't want necessarily 2,000 fans just to, to, to rock up, I guess. And so they changed it. And funnily enough, the guy that tweeted originally subsequently tweeted saying, thanks very much for changing that. We'll now watch Ajax in one of, in your pubs on the Tuesday night and come to you on the Wednesday night. Perfect. Thanks very much. Really, it'd be really interesting. Slightly backfired. It'd be interesting to see what happens on that night. Amazing. Because, I mean, you won't get more. I think when we played Southend, I think it was 650. And I think Southend bought about 150. So there weren't that many Orient fans. So it'd be interesting to see if there's a steep increase in attendance. Shall we say? Oh, if it goes into four but figures, if the Ajax fans come, like you'll know about it because they won't be correct. They won't be. They won't be um, speaking quiet. English, and they, they won't be. English, yeah. Well, they might. Some of them might, but generally they'll be speaking Dutch, and they won't be very quiet. <laughs> Let's see what Amazing. happens. That That's going to be such an interesting Let's thing see to watch unfold. Yeah. So later in the day, the club also announced that our FA Cup first round tie against Morden and Tiptree will now take place on Sunday, the tenth of November, at twelve forty-five p.m as the BBC will be showing this to overseas audiences. Very disappointed about this because the 9th is my birthday. Caveat here. It's and not, no, Saturday the 9th of November isn't only your birthday, it's your 40th birthday. 40th and we were going to go all in. Like We were going to try and do hospitality. Yeah. You've spoken about maybe sponsoring the match ball. Yeah, so the tenth, it's ruined it. Tenth yeah, no. Done. So now the tenth, I can't, I can't do it because <laughs> we've got plans. So, got family plans on that day. So that's just completely balls that up. From so a let's move on. Selfish upset. perspective, yeah, upset, 100%. but good exposure, I guess. But for just this to club. show overseas fans, like how many overseas fans are going to tune in and watch Leighton Orient, Molden, and Tiptree? Honestly, I guess we will see. I guess we will see. Such nonsense. Anyway, so Saturday. Twenty sixth of October. We we'll start the day by saying happy birthday yep. to ex Omi Cooley Bon, who is on shit at Charlotte at the moment. Scored again on his birthday away to West Brom. Yep, amazing. Well yep. done. He's done very well. Well done, Doing McCauley. Very well. Yeah, really good. Out of injury to uh, Lyle Taylor. Lyle Taylor. Um, yeah, absolutely. So the main event of the day was Carlisle United at home. As not gone, the under eighteens were in action. They were missed it. They lost two <laughs> one. We don't like to cover. Uh, cover too Definitely, much yeah. uh, negativity but yes apologies the under 18s <laughs> lost 2-1 away at Barnet so Carl United at home as you were saying yeah so we do a poll um, <laughs> on the Thursday night for 24 hours and 280 people voted and they voted with 13% thinking that we were going to draw 16% thinking we were going to lose and 71% an overwhelming majority yeah. thought we would win so thanks to everyone for voting yeah so let's go through the team that was announced at 2 o'clock Dean Brewer and goal Back for Marvin Ekpateta, Dan Happy, Josh Coulson and Joe Willison. And in the midfield, Craig Clay, George Marsh and Josh Wright. And up top, James Brophy, Matt Harold and James Dayton. On the bench for this one, Sam Sargent, Jamie Turley, Miles Judd, Dal Gorman, JMD, Louis Dennis with James Alarby. Yeah, so that meant there was only one change for the Orient team as George Marsh replaced Dal Gorman in the starting lineup as Jamie Turley named on the bench again. And Miles Judd also made a return to the matchday squad. Yeah, so interesting this one. I think Ron Ross was on the pod before. He said that Marv away from home would be right back because there's less pressure to go forward and that isn't Marv's game. But did say, you know, with Judd being right back is better going forward from that perspective. So it was interesting to see Marv retaining his place at home over Judd as right back. The reason for Marsh coming in from Gorman, Marsh is probably a bit fresher and Gorman's played a lot of football recently. Um, So I was fine with that one. Thought we may have seen Dennis in the lineup. After Carl spoke quite highly about Dennis in his after-match comments, mm. so I thought Dennis might start. 
Um, and also, I've got to say a big congratulations to Dean Brill yes. making his 100th O's appearance. That's good, that. So, Staggering really good. number. Yeah, yeah really no, I, I agree with you. He does seem to prefer Marv over Judd at right back. Judd can't be pleased. Having done quite well, I think, was it against Groom? Walsall. Walsall. Yeah, Walsall. Um, he can't be ple- he can't be that pleased that he's then sort of been dropped and is now only on the bench um, for someone who's a natural right back. But it'd be interesting to see how we also respond after our four 0 drubbing against Plymouth. Yeah, and arguably Carlisle aren't exactly in the richest vein, vein of form either. So arguably one that we should do very well in. Yeah, we've got one tweet before the match. Well, we've got one on one tweet. One before we mentioned at Gorillas nineteen eighty five. He said, "Not sure." While we are continuing with Marvin at right back with both Judd and Turley on the bench, so obviously Turley can play right back as well. Yeah. I guess Turley is just short of match sharpness. sharpness. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So the match kicked off on a miserable day at Brisbane Road. It was absolutely pouring with rain. With us, with Orient, sorry, looking to get back to winning ways after Tuesday's defeat in our first home game under Carl Fletcher, while Carlisle were looking to stop the rot after four consecutive defeats. Yeah, I think it's fair to say we started this game much better. Yes. Carlisle really well with a fifth yeah. minute penalty shouts as James Brophy went down under a challenge ref said no penalty I've not seen that one back it did look a penalty to me but Brophy did seem to go down very theatrically that's the problem with James Brophy there will be times when he deserves a penalty and doesn't get it because it's almost as if he's trying to sell it the arms go up he suddenly becomes longer and he goes down like he's been shot um, it's just if you've been fouled you know, go down in a natural way. Um, so for me, I don't think that particularly was a penalty. Oh really? I thought Maybe. that was a penalty. But don't we digress because about three minutes later, Brophy pretty much done exactly what he'd done three minutes ago. He picked up the ball but just he didn't go down theatrically in that one. No, he didn't. He went down much more naturally. That's right. And that's the difference between the two. <laughs> the he ref- may have deserved the first one and not the second one. The ref pointed straight to the spot. I mean, none of, none of their players appealed it. Blatant penalty. But I think you need to give credit for the run of Brophy. A 100%. great run. And he looked well up for this one early on. They're right one back. of those Brophy moves. He was petrified. Didn't get covered. Petrified yeah. of Brophy. So upstep, Josh Wright buried the ball in the bottom corner of the net. Colin went the opposite direction. Perfect start for the O's. Perfect start for Fletcher. And Josh now, number six of the season. Good yeah. penalty. Worth pointing out that that goalkeeper, Adam Collin, was the same Adam Collin in the playoff final yeah. defeat that was playing for Rotherham at the time. Don't like to talk about it, but yeah. No, absolutely. Had a mighty fall. Great start. I couldn't have asked for a better start. Absolutely. Good penalty start. as well. And we at this we point, got that on our social media. At this account. point, you're thinking, push on now. This team haven't won in four games. Yeah. Four straight defeats. We're one up. New manager bounce. Home crowd. Let's go and finish them off. And it yeah. didn't look like we were going to do that. 12th minute, almost 2-0. Had a corner. Ball fell to Marvin Epitata, who was slightly off balance. His shot from close range hit the outside of the post. Well, I think the keeper had it covered for the most part. And at this point, you're thinking there's only one team we were going to win this. Carlisle yeah. fans, very quiet. Brisbane Road loud, as you would expect. Yeah. Obviously, getting the early goal. Team looking confident. Really some nice football. Passing it around nice. Yeah. Brophy looked like he wanted to absolutely terrorise them. There's some great balls coming out of defence from Willowson and Happy in particular. Marvin looked comfortable right back. Dayton looked like he could get at their left back as well. 
and you're thinking this will, this will be quite comfortable. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we looked to build on this momentum as we went for a second goal and created a few chances from dangerous crosses in their box. Unfortunately, nothing uh, came to fruition that led to a goal. Yeah, it's very patient football. Yeah, as it was. well. Back, back, back forth, side. You couldn't find forward pass, you just keep possession and keep making Carlisle run. And we looked, yeah, for the majority of that half, we looked really comfortable. I don't remember, apart from one shot that was pretty much straight, a brill that he kind of spilled but he grasped it after. Brill was. A spectator yeah. for the most part, but despite our best endeavours, you know we couldn't add to our lead. Two minutes of added time were played, and we went in the half time one up. So yeah. barely any chances to talk about, but a really good and encouraging performance. I think Carl would have been really happy with what he would have seen. And I remember saying too that was an intense first half, especially really enjoyable the first 15 20 minutes. Our pressing game was spot on. Craig nice Clay yeah. was all over the pitch in the first 20 minutes. But it's how long those players can keep up that level of performance for because that you you can't it's impossible for yeah, those players it's to too do higher intensity too high yeah. intensity mm-hmm. like it's just a shame in that high intensity level that we couldn't get the second goal because if we had up, we yeah. might have done what Plymouth yeah. done to us to them but only coming in at one nil you knew Carlisle were going to change it up you knew there was no way Stephen Presley would be sitting there in his half time team talk going same again boys you knew he was going to have to bring on a sub or change something which is what he did. Yeah, absolutely. No, I agree with you. I think we've kept the ball really well. We've played out from the back. We're not just lumping it forward. We're being quite patient in our build-up. And everyone looked really up for this game. They did, yeah. Considering they'd just come back off a 4-0 yeah. thumping, they, they really did look up for it. Orient underscore Ed said, right, who are these people and what have they done with the Leighton Orient squad? Very good. Very nice tweet, tweet Ed. From the bar. From the bar at Leighton underscore Ed. says, half-time thoughts. How are we only 1-0 up? Brophy this year beats who he wants... Woody wants Dan Happy showing he's the best passer in the team. Happy played about two or three balls out of the back across the pitch, literally onto Dayton's foot. Yeah, you know what I mean? Perfect. Went on to finish his tweet by saying, Harold winning everything in the air, but looks lonely on his own. Midfield three, all look good. So Marsh was there, you know, lots of endeavour from Marsh, very tenacious. Clay faded a bit towards the end of the first half I thought first 20-25 was great yeah. Josh obviously scores the penalty and looks like an attacking threat so yeah I agree with that tweet there attendance yeah. announced at 5,765 with 552 away fans That's making really their journey That's a really good turnout for them My sister lives about 20 miles away from Carlisle that is an absolute mission especially when they've lost four on the bounce that yeah. is a horrible a journey Credits that, so but I think they've also fans. got a group of fans in London, London-based Carlisle, oh, okay. so I think that that probably helps them as well. So the second half started with no changes for the O's, but worth noting that Carlisle completely changed their formation and went to four-three-three, having made one sub. And just two minutes into the second half, Carlisle equalised. Corner came in, a melee uh, ensued. We don't clear the ball, which came to Jack Iredale, who smashed his shot in through a sea of bodies, to be fair, from about five yards out to make it one all. Again, we're just dithering, not clearing it, people falling over us. I think it was um, Ekpeteta that kind of sort of almost sat on, the, ended up sitting on the ball almost. And we're just not sharp enough to, to stick it out for a corner. Or... It's just the same goal over again. I think we've seen that goal conceded against us at least three or four times this season I think a few people criticise Brill I definitely can criticise Brill for that one because he can't see a thing there's so many bodies and Idell ironically scores his first goal for Carlisle 
does exactly the right thing just put your laces through it top corner no chance but really disappointing start to the second half because all that hard work that you've done in the first 45 now counts for nothing yeah Um, I thought Carlisle's Twitter feed on the goal summed up perfectly it fell uh, the corner came in it fell and an Orient man ended up sitting on the ball that didn't But Ectopsetta was almost lying across the ball yeah. and he can't move and he can't do everything, afraid to give away the penalty. No one knows anything that's going on, but their man just anticipated it. One all. Job done. Really disappointing. Really disappointing. And now we, the onus is back on us now yeah. to get back and win the game. They've come out wanting it as well. Absolutely. Um, and, and, it, and it showed. So with 58 minutes on the clock, Carl looking for their second goal, Marvin Ectopsetta made an absolutely superb block from Sagaf's header in what would probably have led to them t- uh, extending their lead. One, exceptional reading of the play from the attacker and two, very brave because he could have ended up getting his head taken up Correct. for there. So well done to he Marvin. just took it off the guy's boot just before it got That there. probably justifies him being in that team as right back because for all his tenaciousness, Miles Judd is a much smaller guy who wouldn't have been where Marvin was? He might probably. not have been where Marvin was. He may have been, but Marvin, we'll big know. strapping young lad, as opposed to John, who's a bit smaller, I think that probably worked in Epitest's favour. Great clue and from Marvin for me. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I think it's fair to say um, that with the, uh, sorry, on the hour mark, 62 minutes, sorry, James Dayton was replaced by Jordan Maguire Drew. I think it's fair to say that Carlisle have been better in this last. Uh, in this half, sorry, and their early goal might have rattled us or unsettled us a little yeah, bit. Yeah, I think when Dayton came off, you ju- you just thought JMD was going to go on the right wing and take over, but he didn't seem to. He seemed to be kind of playing in the middle, yeah, and that seemed yeah. to really unhinge us. From that point, uh, our formation just stopped working. Brophy, who in the first half was absolutely on fire, did. I mean, you'll see, like, there's no, we don't talk about Brophy at all in the second half. Mm. So what, so what happened to Brophy? Yeah, so Did he change like position in terms of where he was? Yeah, exactly the same as the Warsaw 25 Warsaw, who ran yeah. Judd Ragged in the first half and was and kind of bought off in the second. Yeah. Brophy, that just kind of seemed to ruin it. It didn't have the desired effect. Jamie didn't really get involved as much as what he would have liked to or anyone would have liked to. It just didn't work. So ideally, that JMD literally like for like, right? Going on the I would right have thought way. so. Yeah. I would have thought so, but it's hard to know without being part of the management team on what was said to JMD when he came on and what the instruction was yeah. to the team. We made our second change in the 71st minute as Matt Harold was replaced by Louis Dennis. I thought Matt had done well, yeah. but that isn't a straight like for like swap. Although Dennis did go and play up front, you could argue with James Alabi a better person to bring him in that situation to put up top than Louis Dennis who we know can play there but he's a different kind of forward to James Alabi you know Alabi what you're getting someone strong is going to hold the ball up is chaos like we know slightly unpredictable whereas Louis Dennis that isn't his game he's not going to win you flip-ons he's not going to hold off men he's more about the you know taking men on as opposed to the forcing defenders to make mistakes mm. and badgering them down so a bit of an odd one there but again it's hard to know what the thinking was without being a part of that coaching team 80 minutes on the clock then a good opportunity for the O's as we were awarded a free kick on the edge of the box but Louis Dennis blasted well over and two minutes later we made our third and final substitution as George Marsh was replaced by Dale Gorman yeah a few tweets on this one Paul Skinner 88 tweeted us 
Sid said, we're now playing a 4-6-0 formation, question mark. Why Gorman? Another question mark. I mean, I presume Gorman comes on to freshen it up in the middle um, of the pitch. But yeah, they all subs. I, I, yeah, used, probably. Uh, so just, to try minute. something a bit different. Yeah, absolutely. For 85th minute, I mean, our first of all, an only effort at the half where we forced Colin into a save as Brophy got a snapshot away. Decent effort, quite close to their keeper. He made a good save. But a minute later, a bit end-to-end stuff as Dean Brill was forced to a very good save from a goal-bound effort from Aloma. Dean Brill saved with his body. To be honest, at this point, I thought Carlisle might, might nick it. I think if one team was going to sneak it, I didn't think it was going to be up to like Brophy went yeah. close. But a good save there from Dean Brill who absolutely went and rocketed his defence. Because right, that so. shouldn't yeah. be getting anywhere near the goal. We yeah. showed him in. Yeah. And you know, had that go had that gone in, we'd be talking about a defeat as opposed to a draw. So five minutes of added time were played. In the ninety-third minute, Dal Gorman had an effort, he tried his luck, the ball flew well over the bar, and the full-time whistle went shortly after this car fletch's first home game in front of the Orient Faithful ends in a one-all draw. So Mr. Levy got up with Carl after the match, and here's what Carl had to say to the bearded legend. Try not to do that. Carl, thank you very much indeed uh, for joining us. I think it's fair to say uh, two very, very different halves. Have we seen in the first half the, the Cole Fletcher style of football? Yeah. Can um, we expect more of that? Hopefully, yeah. I th- I th- you know, we, we're not. We're still a long way away. Do you know what I mean? There, there's still a lot of stuff to, to improve on. Um, but like I said, there's, there's little bits in the, in the short space of time we've had already that the lads are taking on board, which is great. And I think the great thing for me is that the, the desire and work rate to get better is, is there as well um, but you know it will be a process it's not going to change overnight like any club um, and you just try and get in as best you can and um, like I said there, there, there were some real positives that we see today but two very different halves I think uh, obviously it would be fair to say we've done a lot of travelling recently have you managed to get into the boys as much as what you'd have hoped in the time that you've had no, well no you just, you just don't have the time because of the, the recovery and the rest and stuff So, and obviously the travel so yeah I always knew there was going to be a period of fatigue today um, and obviously, you know, you're playing the opposition that obviously want to do well and, and trying to win the game as well. Sure. But like I said, when, when they were, you know, when the lads were, were tired and the journey, was, you know, started to, to get into the legs, they, they were still digging in and still grafting away. And I'm, I'm really pleased with the, the, the effort that they put into that. You made all three use of all three substitutions. Mm-hmm. Um, can you help us understand uh, with Matt Harold coming off and not playing with a, a recognised striker as such up front? Yeah, I just think like we wanted to get a little bit more control in the game, just certain areas. That that we wanted to try and um, have players and obviously we wanted to go you know sometimes I think when you're, when you're in a game it's, it's very easy to, to shut, you know, try and shut up shop and, and stay behind the ball where I think sometimes you have to be go the other way and be a little bit more positive to get back in the game and I felt it was a good move for us we got a little bit more control of the ball um, potentially could have done a little bit more with it but I think we, we, we found a, a good way um, to get a little bit more control back in the game with, with both Brose and, and Louis Dennis um, a little bit higher up the pitch and obviously Jordan um, just in behind them um, but yeah again pleased with the lads that they were able to take the instruction on you know giving it from the side of the pitch um, It looked like Dean Brill had injured his ankle or something is there any in, any sort of injury news on him or anyone no, else from today's game? No, no it seemed okay but yeah a lot, lot of tired lads but um, other than that no all okay And in terms of an update of those who are out but coming mm-hmm. back where are we with some of those guys? Uh, Jamie Turley's obviously on the bench. Yeah, yeah, Tells is obviously on the bench, but he still needs, you know, he's still not f- fully fit in terms of um, match minutes, um, in terms of 
getting up to the level we want in terms of training, getting the training minutes under his belt kind of thing. Um, still, yeah, a few weeks with, with the others. Obviously, Connor comes back after suspension. Um, so, yeah, yeah, like I said, I think, and, jo- and Joby as well, the same. Yeah, still a few weeks away. And I think it's just one of them. We're, we're taking it on kind of a daily, weekly basis. Um, but, you know, my focus is I've got good physio people there that are taking care of the injured. But, you know, my focus is obviously the ones that are able to be fit and able to come out to the pitch. So that was Carl Fletcher's first interview with the Orient Outlook podcast. Well done, Mr. Levy, for hanging around. Thank you to Elliot um, for sorting it out. Thank you to Carl for speaking to Paul after the game. Some good questions there. Thank you. You never cease to amaze me. Well done. Thanks, mate. So that meant league table. We moved up one place to 16th. We've now played 16 games, won five, drawn five, lost six, 20 points, and the goal difference of minus three. So your views on Carlo at home? Yeah, two very contrasting halves of football. The first half was some of the best I've seen us play. We really took our game to Carlisle. High press, kept the ball well, lots of passing. Um, what happened at half-time to make us play like a group of people who look like they've only just met? I, I, I don't know. Uh, for me, I think the players looked a little bit confused at times. There seemed to be a bit of a lack of of shape and direction um, and because of this I think mistakes started to creep into our game uncertainty kicks in um, I didn't understand the substitutions I know Carl's explained it but I, I don't understand what the impact what he what he expected did he actually get what he expected to get out of the game um, I'm not sure why you take Harold off and not replace him with James Alabi is a natural striker. We were talking about this before we started recording and you said, well, if you're not going to use Alabi, why not put Ruel Sotorio yeah. on the bench, which is a good shout. Um, if you don't think James can do it, then have another striker on there. Don't have Turley. And if Turley's not got enough match minutes to play, then put a player who has got match minutes to play. What's the point of just having him? Um, if you've got Judd on the... Uh, on on the bench as well. You don't need to a centre back. They can play right back and a right back as well. Um, I don't feel that you know. I think a lot of people have been very critical and very quick to jump and judge Carl based on Plymouth and and this game. And I think that people are very very short sighted still. And I really don't think that the fact that guys only had a few hours with the team and most of the time he's had with the team have been on coaches. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I think people just need to chill out people are so quick to be to jump to such a negative position with things uh, and and forget where we've been and what our journey is I've had messages in from people it's just like just relax it's like one game out of a, a marathon yeah. season of 46 games we're in October like the league's not won or lost in October um, we just need to put it right we've had two long trips in three days no other team's really done that I don't know how we get drawn two away games yeah in, in, in that sort of space of time um, so it's not really ideal for him and I think with a clear week hopefully he can implement some more of his his ideas yeah for you uh, perfect example of a game of two halves really wasn't it yeah. I mean first half we saw an Orient team inventive hungry desire movement all wanted the ball um, and we looked to step above Carlisle in every position on the pitch and second half polar opposite Although, like I've said, I understand the level of performance. It's impossible to keep that up. And like Carl said, it's it's never going to happen mm. overnight. But pleased to see another goal for Josh. One of the players of the season, no doubt, so far. Yeah, um, A lot of people criticised his move to the club earlier when he signed as well. But it looks like he's proving them absolutely them as well. Yeah, I thought, like I said, I thought we lost our shape when J&D came on. I think 
um, and that formation didn't work. Further lost when Dennis came on. Um, I've got to say, I was surprised at the booing at full time. There, it wasn't every fan, and there weren't many, but it was loud enough to hear from the yeah. south stand. I'm really surprised by that. Okay. And you get a sense already that some supporters want Fletcher to fail, which is the completely wrong way to come at it. But yeah. all in all, I, think, I thought it was a good response from Tuesday's defeat. Uh, take encouragement from the first half, learn from the second half. And like you said, no coaches to go on now until at least Friday. So now Carl gets them from Monday to Thursday, start looking at ideas, start getting ready for more from away, um, which is a game now that you would expect to win. And obviously we'll come on to more from shortly. Um, and let's see, what, let's see what happens on Saturday. Absolutely. absolutely. Yeah. Two games in for Carl. Anyone wanting Fletcher out at the moment is absolutely going to have to sort themselves out because yeah. that certainly isn't going to happen so lots of views a lot of views actually on this one as we always get always happy to have them in so El Cuado started the tweet straight as the full time whistle went by saying what's the opposite of a new manager bounce yeah uh, DeWard underscore seven said not good enough two poor performances under Fletcher he really needs a win at Morecambe on Saturday based on what we've seen so far today was a game we should have won that real CJ Flex must have used all the energy in the early part of the game how many times did someone wait for a ball to come to them or not make a run into wide open space? And thank you for your email that we had in from CJ. It is in America. I haven't seen it. Yes, it's in our inbox. Okay. Um, George Nicholas underscore one said, I know Carlisle were, were going to have a go in the second half, but that doesn't excuse the very poor second half. I don't understand how we played that poor after a brilliant first half performance. With a superb team spirit. Overall, very disappointed. Glad Connor is back next week. At World Cup 300, says a great first half display. Too many sideways passes in the second as we seem to run out of legs. Conditions didn't help, so I won't be too critical. Speno 011 said a first half warranted being 3 0 up, but the second half we hang on in the end. It just showed that we had no strikers out there. That's not taking anything away from Harold. He played well, but no support in the second half. We so need Ango and Wilkinson back, and I'm not sure why Alabi didn't get on. David BR, 103.5, says, tactical genius, let's play four at the back, six in midfield and no forwards. Totally amazing. <laughs> Pandemonium, 18.81, said, first half was fine. We controlled the tempo of the game, keeping the ball calmly in defensive half with decent movement in, the se- in, in front. Uh, second half was disappointing as we dropped off. The intensity wasn't there and our ball retention and, and ideas were not up to much. But the fans booing, have a day off. <laughs> At LOFC 1978, it's a great first half, but lived to regret only scoring them once. Most worrying and baffling were the ridiculous subs that left us with no forward for the last 20 to 25 minutes. Would like to hear Fletcher's explanation. Whoa! Um, <laughs> that was close, that one. Focus. <laughs> totally killed the game and were lucky to hang on. It's a real shame this isn't episode 200. Because it would have been so apt to have fireworks going off the whole way through. Yeah, as it can be arranged. One nine seven. It can be arranged. Luxford sees it very strong in the first half, fully in control of the game. Conceding that scrappy goal early in the second half changed everything. Much more Carlisle's game after that. Yeah, Daniel underscore D four four. Says first half we were all over them, but if you dominate and only score one, you are asking for trouble. We conceded yet another scrappy goal where we cannot clear our lines. Happens every game. Fletcher is new to the club, but some of his substitutions were quite mystifying. The occasional one said, this is, I'm afraid, a Steve Davis-type appointment. Controversial there, the occasional one. What an opportunity missed. A half-decent manager could have got us pushing for playoffs. In what, in one game, is going to get us pushing for the playoffs? Are you joking? 
well done Ling very very harsh it'd be nice to know if you can email us with more views on why you think it is a wrong appointment it would be good to hear from you at LOFC Chaz has no idea what Carl said at half time but we went from pressing and looking very good in the first half to sloppy lazy and poor in the second everyone went from good to below par and I can't work it out yeah, it's a fair comment that gold 931 said the first half was great one of the best I've seen but the second half didn't create anything only a chance at the end straight at the keeper Marsh taken off is a strange choice a more experienced manager and we win the game Morecambe next week bottom of the table lost to Stevenage at Paul underscore LT two pieces what happened in the second half Carlisle was sent out early and we should have known they were going to come at us hard from the whistle we started slow and we paid for it I didn't understand the Gorman sub. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's just Gorman's more of a ball playing rather than a defensive midfield, and we tried to use him to get the ball forward more. Maybe good Paul... point about Carlisle coming out early. They were out about two, three minutes earlier. Presley had obviously just ripped them one. Said, "Get out there, show me you still want to play for this club." Yeah. So they would have known they were just going to come straight out in the second. Yeah. Paul underscore LT two P no. said, "Done that one. Done that one. Sorry, O's fan basing said should have been out of sight." But fair result in the end, though disappointing. Can't just be me thinking that Brill doesn't command the area and we lose too many goals to goal scrambles because of it. I think that's a really interesting point, actually, because there was times when Josh Coulson was saying to him, come and get yeah. it, and he didn't. He just stayed within his six-yard box. And that, to me, is quite frustrating. The better keepers that we've had, the Yakupovic's, for example, have come out Can't and commanded. No, but you can because they, they come and command the box, which means that when the keeper's coming out three or four yards, it means the defence don't have to be that three or four yards deeper, which means the goal-mouth scrambles that, as um, O's fan Basin quite rightly points out, you don't get that because everything's further up the pitch. So it's an odd one with Brill because he, he's not an unconfident keeper. And you know what I mean? He's not, he's, not, he's not shy. Yeah. He's not unconfident. But yeah, there's a lot of criticism from Brill in the area near where we sit. A lot of people criticising Brill. I think there's a few goal kicks that went skew with. Like you said, a few balls that you would expect him to come for that he didn't. Good point about not coming for the corner that obviously leads to leads to the goal. Interesting time. It'd be interesting to see what Cole does in the next couple of weeks. Do you think he might change him for Sargent then? I think there's a chance he could do it. There was some talk of that behind us. Yeah, I think think there's a, I think there's a, possibly a chance. I think Cole, I think Sam will get a chance against Brighton in the Leasing.com trophy and I'd expect Sam to play in the FA Cup first round and I think if he plays well in those games it could be very, very interesting. Now fireworks going on above the roof. This is an incredible Incredible moment in the history of Orient Outlook. Find them all in my back garden. Tomorrow, Let us know what you think, though, about Dean Brill, Orient Outlook on Twitter or email orientoutlook at outlook.com. And a very interesting one about Brill. Orient Ballbag said, first half played some great football. One or two touch, high press, quick to close down. Should have went in three and up. Game over. Second half players didn't have the energy to keep up the level of intensity. Blowing out of steam at the end and lucky to get the draw. Vince Howard, 73, said, It feels like a point game, to be honest. And even though we had a lot of the ball in the first half, how many saves did their keeper actually make? Also, got to expect some tinkering from Carl while he works things out. Always good tweets there from Vince. Yeah. Orient fan, three, four, five. So first half, we played some of the best football we've seen all season. Second half, the usual goal and half scramble. Didn't think there was any need for the booing at the full-time whistle. Hashtag work in progress. Good assessment there. Yeah, Elvis Memphis said, I think the new manager's approach is great. I'm very impressed. And as a coach, and as I coach, that is how I like my teams to play. Players need to get used to working on it. 
Fans need to be patient. Some around me wanted players to hoof the ball. If you hoof the ball, you lose control. Yeah, Steve underscore hopes. It's fair to capitalise on the amount of chances created in the first half. Clearly not fit enough to play the pressing game. Fought everyone at knackered second half and never got going. The good signs are there though. Stiggy64 said, Yet again, schoolboy defending costs us points. Let's hope he spends a week showing them how to defend against high balls into the box. First half was very good. The second was dire and really couldn't figure out our tactics, plus some odd substitutions. Rayleigh Davies, a great football first half, but couldn't create clear chances. Great intensity, pressing a one-touch football. We look class, but a poor second half, slow, lost our shape. Fitness is a huge problem with many players unable to last 90 minutes. A big problem for Kyle to address. Yeah, Mr. Underscore T82 said, We didn't adapt to their change of shape and system at half-time, which pegged back our full-backs after Brophy and Wooderson had run them ragged in the first half and should have put the game to bed. Taking Harold off was a strange one when we kept punting the ball long. Apparently Matt Harold was, was exhausted. He was was he? I yeah. bet he was. It was a tough game. Yeah. Pressing. Wildcat 2007 says, I'm over from Melbourne, Australia. Went wow. to the game versus Carlisle. Loved it. Crowd need to get more involved. That's a good point. Were, you know, were we quiet in the second, second half? half we Probably were. we were. Yeah. yeah. Nigel Lad White said, I'm encouraged by the high-press short passing game Fletcher has adopted. It is clear the majority of the squad do not have the level of fitness and perhaps the quality to maintain this over 90 minutes. I'm looking forward to seeing how Fletcher transforms the squad. Hashtag change. Good tweet at Stassi. Stassi. We were playing against a fragile and a form Carlisle and we didn't go for the throw. Their centre-backs were 17-year-old kid and another Huda fans don't rate and is prone to errors. We should have exploited them by playing a partner with Harold to terrorise him. And the final word this week goes to at Orient Meat Pio. said, fantastic first half but couldn't finish. Shockingly bad second half. We lost our cohesion, tempo and confidence. It was bizarre. Yeah, so let us know if you agree or disagree with any of the tweets we've read out. So any of the formation, any of the subs, any of the brill comments, anything, let us know. You can tweet us at Orient Outlook or email us at orientoutlook.com. Also, on I'll let you do this. No, go on, no, go on. I was going to ask a question. Uh, also on Facebook at Orient Outlook Podcast or on Instagram at Orient underscore Outlook underscore Podcast. So I guess the main sort of talking points are Judd or Ekpiteto at right back, Sergeant or Brewing Goal. Is that what you're asking me or is that what you want people to Both. ask questions on? Both. Um, Brewing Goal for me, again. Right. Away to Markham. Um, right back, Marv. Still for yeah. me, yeah. Okay, for me, you. I don't know. Um, I th- I think Dean's Dean's been solid for us, and I think it might. I don't know. Maybe it's just uh, something that's just not quite the Dean Brill that we saw last season. Um, so I'm not quite sure what exactly has has gone on there. Um, I'd probably stick with him because I think from a confidence perspective, it probably wouldn't be helpful to drop him um, I like Miles Judd so I like, I? at right back I like him a lot um, so I'd probably go with I'd probably go with Juddy at right back okay. get him the game time get him up to match sharpness and I think he'll pay dividends but it's harsh to then drop Marv because Marv had a game changing potentially game saving intervention yesterday to stop their man from Putting, putting the ball in the back of the You would net. also expect to see Conor Wilkinson start on Saturday. Now he's back from his suspension. Mm. So you'd also expect to see a bit of change up top in terms of Wilkinson will start. I still think you'll see Brophy on the left. No, I think he'll go Brophy Bench. left. Yeah. How, uh, Wilkinson up top and keep Dayton on the right. Although I did expect Dennis to come in for Dayton. 
Um, but I think he'll keep Dayton. I think he'll keep the Start same starting lineup. Yeah. Okay. I guess we'll see. It's a prediction yeah. league update. Well done to Matty LFC Evans, Liam N UFC nineteen ninety eight, Steve White LFC. Floodgates at Stephen Orient and Orient Boy who predicted one all so they all get three points but a massive congrats to Danny Boy underscore 247 who predicted one all Josh to score so took the maximum four points available so as it stands top of the prediction league is as follows so 12 points heads the table Sue Mance leads 11 points Alan AVM 1502 and Wallerad and 10 points Steve Chaplin 4 and at Stephen Orient so it's getting tight at the top of the table so as always, thank you for all of your predictions. But Sue's been needing it for a good month now. She has. She's doing she's well. She's done very well. Yeah. Sunday the 27th then. So that's to, that, that wraps up <clears throat> Excuse me, the week that was uh, and uh, Carlisle's game uh, on Saturday. So we're going to move on to today as we record it. It is Sunday the 27th of October. And uh, as you've heard the fireworks <laughs> in the background, we'd like to wish all of our listeners uh, who follow, who are Hindu or Sikh, we wish you a happy Diwali. And Bandi Johor um, to all uh, Orient fans who follow those festivals. Yeah, so today the ladies were in action away to QPR and they progressed to the next round of the Rimmins FA Cup. They won the game 2 1 thanks to goals from Eddie Stenning and Natasha Charles, who both scored on a Wednesday night. Well done, ladies, on an it absolutely Wednesday night, was it? I think everyone scored didn't week. They? Yeah, I think we could have scored that week, yeah. but well done to the ladies. So yes. let's wrap this bad boy up. One minute. One hour, four minutes. Let's bring us in under an hour, ten up. Yeah, so well. Fancy Football then. Andy Chalk leads the Orient Outlook podcast, Fancy Football League, on 623 points. He's 20 points ahead of Jack Harrison in second, and Steve's in 121st place out of 284. Need to break the top 100 by Christmas. Only I could see a 9 0 win for Leicester and have like Madison in, who've got like eight points. Oh, well done. Yeah. Ben Chilwell must have been their star of the week. I don't know. Scored and assisted. Don't know, don't anyway, care. Don't yeah, you care. wouldn't put that down. No one would have seen no. that. Dream Team update. D. Elias leads the Orient Outlook Dream Team League on 673 points ahead of A. Brown on 646 points in second. I've had another shocker. I'm down to 25th place out of 87 players. So moving on in to positives and negatives of the week. Do you want to go positives? Yeah, sure. All right, yeah, I'll go positives. Yeah, first half performance against Carlisle was a good positive. I mean, that was a very good performance. A lot of people are obviously discounting that because of the full-time result one all but I thought yeah. the first half performance was very 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 encouraging yep Connor Wilkinson's now served his suspension is available yeah. for, selection, uh, for selection next Absolutely. week and Josh Wright's goal tally's got six in uh, by by the end of October so for a midfielder that's a pretty pretty stellar return if Clay and Marsh or Gorman had six as well you'd have 18 from the centre midfield yeah that'd be amazing but no, of course they haven't. But amazing, well done Not to, to confuse Josh anybody. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. No, it is good to have anyone on, in, you know, uh, that's not a striker in that. Well, even a striker to be on six goals by now would be quite good. Fantastic. Yeah, absolutely. And he's a very good penalty taker. He, he's got the good old eyes going on. He knows, knows that can send a keeper the wrong way. So yeah. negatives in Plymouth match as a whole. Yes. Negative as long as well as the second half performance against Carlo. That was all wrapped up in the same. Um, Negative. It's 135 minutes of football to forget. Yeah. Goal difference is back in the negative after obviously getting into plus one this time last week. We're down yeah. back to minus three again. And the last one slipped four places down the league table in a week. So this time last week we were 12th. Now we're 16th. I'm sure if we win on Saturdays, we'll come on to in a bit. We'll go back up to around 12th, 11th. I mean, this game we should look to win. But before we go on to next week, let's do Hero of the Week, or shall we say Heroes, Heroes of, of the week. week. So we didn't put this out to Twitter. 
this was well decided between us after the result on Saturday. So our heroes of the week are the 224 fans who went down to Plymouth. Yeah. So well done to you guys because that is a mammoth effort. Well done, everybody. Kudos to each and every one of you. So it's one fixture for the O's this week as we travel to Morecambe on Saturday, the 2nd of November. So as we've mentioned earlier in the pod, Morecambe are bottom of the Football League after losing 1-0 away to Stevenage on Saturday. So if you're going, have a safe journey. Why not tweet us on your way? during or after the match at Orient Outlook on Twitter. Yeah, sponsorship reminder, don't forget, for the best plastering and rendering prices around, visit AJF Plastering on Facebook or at Big Ads LOFC on Twitter for all your plastering and rendering needs. Yep, so that's it. Thank you for joining us for episode 197. It was a busy week at the club as Carl Fletcher took charge of his new squad, but it was down to reality with a bump as we fell to a 4-0 defeat at Plymouth in another game against the Pilgrims that shall be remembered for all the wrong reasons. We didn't welcome Carlisle at home, and even though the game was a one-all draw, we can all agree that the first half was very encouraging as we saw the O's play one of their best halves of the season yeah with just the one fixture to play this week Cole has a clear week to continue to instil his philosophy into the team and get to know his players and the coaching staff and it's vital that we all get behind him give him our full support and we're going to be back hopefully next week with episode 198 with all the information and views that you could ever need yeah so 200 gets closer and closer if there's any people that you would like us to try and get on for the big big finale 200 let us know or an outlook. Let's know who you would like us to try and get on. And if you're listening on iTunes, please subscribe. Give the podcast a review. No podcast reviews in about three weeks. Very, very shocking. Very disappointing. If you are on iTunes now, don't forget go onto that review page. Five stars and a nice little review would be lovely for us. And if you're listening on SoundCloud, Spotify, TuneIn, or Stitcher, add us to your favourites, and that way you'll have all the podcasts available as soon as they are uploaded. If you have an older relative or loved one, or just the person you sit next to in the West Stand, North Stand, East Stand. Yeah, someone who doesn't listen currently but might be interested to. Pass. We'd be grateful. Yeah, absolutely. Mugs, Christmas, round the corner, £5, give us an email or give us a tweet if you'd like one. And that's it. So have a great week. We look forward to hearing from you. As always, keep calm. Have a great week. Safe journey to Morecambe. Listen to the Orient Outlook podcast. Up the O's. song I wrote, you might want to sing it note for note, don't worry, be happy.